Good afternoon, everybody. Pastor Scott here. It's Pastor Don. Now, you may be watching it in the morning or the middle of the night, so good whatever to you as well. Yeah, I was thinking that when I said it. That was, <laughs> no, no, no. So good morning, good evening, yeah, good, evening. good night, good wh- whatever. Yeah. We're just glad you're here. This is good news from Good Sam. It's the podcast of Good Samaritan Church here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, in case, just offhand, before I forget, if you want to go to our website to get more information, that's www.goodsamlv.com. Pastor Don, we've been in the middle of a series here at the church that obviously we're turning into a podcast. I've enjoyed it. I think even our people have enjoyed it. Yeah, reimagining your life. It's been uh, a really good series on thinking differently about some of the things in our lives that happen to us or that we have to deal with. So there's probably a pretty good chance if you're listening to this podcast right now, this episode, uh, that you've already heard us say this. But I know in the first week, uh, you had a line still sticks with me. Think about what you think about. Right, right. And today, what are we going to be thinking about? We're going to be thinking about how we view pain and painful situations. It's very interesting. Um, so many people deal with painful situations. Just today, I talked with two women who are going through a divorce. Uh, just one to get their child baptized, another one just checking with her. She lost her mother, and she's in the middle of going through a divorce. Mm. We Life, and they're both good people, right? Yeah. Nothing. They didn't do necessarily anything to deserve these types of painful situations. Pain happens to all of us. Yeah. To good and bad, right? The sun, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. Well, in fact, you said two women, and we're going we're gonna to be hearing from another woman. Yeah, a good friend of ours. We've gotten to know the Wilborn family, a wonderful family, because their son and my daughter were became very good friends. In fact, they even dated for a while. And when he was a senior in high school, he got into a bad accident. In fact, I'll let. Trisha tell you, so we've gotten to know them as they, they got to hang out. We started hanging out with them, and they have become good friends of ours. They're wonderful hockey buddies, and we vacation well together. So we've we've spent some good quality time with the Wilborn family. And it, it's an amazing story, so you're not going to want to miss this uh, when Trisha shares with us uh, a little bit later during this episode of this podcast. So where do you want to start, Pastor Don? Well, let's ta- start with kind of our theme verse for the week. It comes from Romans 8, 28. It says, We know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now let me say that again. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been, a call, and who have been called according to his purpose. Now notice it doesn't say God is working all things for good. Um, it says that in all things... God works for good. In other words, not everything that happens to us as Christians is good. I think anybody who's been a faithful person for any length of time knows that. Um, you can you can be at your very best, and something can come out of the blue and you, hit you. You mean if I'm following Jesus, there are still going to be difficult days? It, not everything's going to be coming up roses? Here's the thing that a lot of people, I think, don't understand. God doesn't create pain. Yeah. We live in a painful world. Yep. We live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. Yep. A lot of pain is caused by people. Yep. But sometimes it isn't. And people say, well, that wasn't caused by a person, but I've, why is this happening to me? 
because we live in a broken world. We live in a world where sin abounds. Um, there's a war going on for our souls between good and bad. And there is bad in this world. There is cancer. There are tornadoes. There are hurricanes. And all of these things sometimes will cause painful situations to come into our lives. But here's something that Romans is reminding us, that in the midst of these painful times, God is still at work if we allow God yeah. to work. Yeah, good. I like yeah. that. Um, so let's just briefly go over some ways to let God work in our painful times. Because God does want to work and bring us comfort and peace and hope in these painful times. So let's look at what Scripture tells us about how we can let God work in the midst of those painful times. And you're going to be hearing a little bit from Tricia about how God worked through their very painful time as well. Now, here's the first one. I think this is important. I see this happen often. Um, the first so the first point I'd like to make today is how to let God work for us in our painful times. And the one is just really kind of basic is don't become so focused on your pain that you forget about God and the rest of your life. Uh, sometimes we can get so uh, obsessed or focused on what is wrong that we forget the other 70, 80, 50% of our lives that are just fine. Um, say, for instance, you are dealing with uh, maybe it's a, a broken relationship or a hurt relationship. Maybe you have other relationships in your life that are still good. Maybe your job is still good. Maybe your health is still good. We focus on to not get so focused on the one thing that is causing us pain that we forget to find joy in the rest of our lives. It doesn't mean we ignore the pain. Of course not. But it isn't the focal point exactly. all the time. And it's human nature. You always focus on that thing. You know, you get a sliver in your finger, and uh, you're going to be focused on that sliver with a great amount of your energy. But it's just a good reminder to us that our lives usually have a mix of things going on. And the second one, how to let God work for good in your painful times, is to use that pain to draw closer to God and trust God more. Uh, it is true that God is never closer to you than when you are in pain. There's this wonderful text from Psalm 34 where David writes when he's going through a difficult time, he writes, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And then he goes on to say, the righteous person may have many troubles. And once again, that great reminder that even a righteous person, a godly person, is never exempt from difficulty, right? David says that. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord will deliver him from those troubles. So it's a great reminder that when we're going through a difficult time, a lot of times what I see is people actually will push God away. They will push others and God away, curl in on themselves, human nature to do that type of a thing. Um, maybe sometimes people want to blame God. But if you stay open to God, what you can find happening is this incredible comfort and strength that will come from God. You've heard me talk about the Wilborns. And um, I want to share with you a little bit of a testimony that Trisha Wilborn uh, gave to me one time when she was just talking about what was going on with her son, Mark. Now, I'll let her tell you a little bit about the story of Mark and then some of the ways that she dealt with it. The Wilborn family, they inspire me because the things that we're talking about here, they have lived them out over the last two years in their lives. Um, but rather than say any more about that, I'm going to let her words 
tell you. So let's take a listen to Trisha Wilborn. Okay, we are live. And so, um, Trisha, thanks for being here today. And I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Tell me a little bit about the situation that you found yourself in with your son, Mark, and how that whole situation unfolded. So Mark is our youngest son, and on January 27th in 2019, he was training for an Ironman that was going to take place in Boulder, doing a routine training ride out towards Red Rock, and he hit the back of a, a car and uh, immediately became paralyzed from the chest down. So he broke his C6, C7, and uh, was a diagnosed as a quadriplegic from that moment on. Um, we spent 11 days in ICU, followed by three months in Denver at a rehabilitation center. Um, his vocal cords were paralyzed. He couldn't breathe on his own. Um, there was no movement in his hands at the moment. Um, currently, he is independent. He is at the University of Colorado in Boulder, so there is there is some light in this story as well. And he did regain the use of his, his hands, but of course, um, as a quadriplegic, uh, there's he is paralyzed from the chest down. Thank you. And then um, she goes on to say a little bit more about how they dealt with the situation. Let's listen. So, Trisha, you, in our many conversations together uh, about so many things, but even specifically about this, you have always put on a very brave face, <laughs> and uh, you inspire me with some of the things that you have told me and talked to me about. But tell me, in those very difficult, dark times, mm -hmm how your faith was able to sustain you as you and your family went through this with Mark? I think from the moment we received the phone call on the Sunday afternoon, there, there was this, this peace that did surpass any understanding. Um, you know, people on the scene were saying, he's paralyzed, he can't feel his legs, you know, he's not breathing. And so there was so much information coming into us from the moment we got the phone call, but there was a piece for me that did surpass any understanding of what I'm witnessing happening with my child versus how I'm feeling. And, and I've always been a woman of faith my whole life. Um, but I think what happened in this moment is it became non-negotiable for me. Um, and I realized that a couple things, I realized that God doesn't contradict what he says and that his promises will be, he will hold true to his promises and that we're going to be protected and cared for. Um, and so that just became non-negotiable, that I wasn't going to find anger with God. I wasn't going to doubt what the Bible said. Those things were always going to remain true because I also believe that the God that loved me the moments before Mark was injured is the same God that loves me after Mark has been injured. And so that consistency was just true to me. And then the other thing I realized is in the ICU room at uh, UMC, we were you know, just so blessed to have so many people come in for 11 days and take care of us. And hundreds of people would visit over the course of a couple of days, and a lot of them were strangers. And I also realized that as, if, as a responsibility as a Christian, and if I believed all these things about my own faith, then I also had this opportunity to witness to others about my faith. And I knew that when I had someone come in, I maybe had two or three minutes to spend with them because we were being called back to Mark, or there were more people coming in and visitors, and a lot of decisions were having to be made by the hour um, in this case. And so when I had people come into the ICU room, it became this, this holy ground. And I, and I realized that I have this person in front of me for maybe two or three minutes. And if I miss this opportunity to share my faith with them, um, you know, I've missed an opportunity to share my faith. 
And it was just, it was just so interesting to watch people come in and leave with this different feeling about, um, you know, this, this is a family of faith and they're, they don't know the outcome of their child, but what they do know is that God is real and his promises are true. Now, I don't know about you, Pastor Scott. That's inspiring. Tell you what, when I heard that, um, I realized how much stronger her faith is than mine. <laughs> Man, and, and those of you listening, if you ever want to, because on the YouTube version of this, remember, you can go to our website, www.goodsamlb.com. Go to the, the, the sermons, and this one is Reimagine Your View of Pain. You can actually watch her because... Her voice, obviously, what she says is amazing, but the way she says it, yep. uh, she says it with such calm and grace. And you're going to get a couple more clips here in a minute where you actually see some of the emotion. But, I mean, a couple of things she said. We knew that God would hold true to his promises and that we would be protected and cared for. Hmm. Right? She, she really made sure that she did not pull away from God. She actually drew closer to God. And uh, I just, I, that one thing that you, you yeah. love that one quote yeah. that she said. Well, she, she said, she the same God that loved me the moments before Mark was injured is the same God who loves me after Mark was injured. Right. I mean, that just nails what a strong faith sounds like and believes. Because right. so often something bad happens. And, we, and I hear this from people all the time. And I've even had some of these same emotions myself. Uh, what did I do wrong? Why is God punishing me? Or... Or I don't, I don't want anything to do with God because if he was really a good God, he wouldn't have let this happen. Yeah. None of those are true. Right. I mean, those are very human emotions to have. Yeah. We want freedom. We want the ability to do anything we want to do, but then we want to blame God if it doesn't work out. Right. We yeah. live in a world yeah. that's broken yeah. where bad things happen. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times the bad things that happen are caused by people. Yep. I mean, Most of it, probably. <laughs> a, person, a person parked their car in the bike lane. Yeah. This is one of the reasons Mark ran in. Yeah to this car and end up paralyzed, yep. right? So, uh, so important to remember that when this happens, we can actually use the situation to open our hearts more to God and let that comfort come in and not run away from the very thing that will help us the most. Um, 2 Corinthians, Paul writes these great words, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8-11. through 11. I think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the hard time we went through in Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed, and we saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, right? And what a great reminder that sometimes it takes a painful time to remind us that we're not completely in control and to turn our hearts back to God. But then Paul goes on to write, but that was good, he says, for we then put everything in the hands of God who alone could save us. And then I love this, he says, and God did help us and saved us, and then he said this amazing thing, and we expect him to do it again. Uh, it's the same thing the Wilborns live out in their lives. They expect God to be there with them. And not only that, but they, they made that known to the people that came to comfort them. In the process, they would share their faith, and then they would give comfort to those who were there to bring comfort. And this is my third point I want to bring you to. It says, how? what is that way that we can let God work in painful times. Use the pain to draw closer to and be more helpful to others. Use the pain to draw closer to and be more helpful to others. And isn't that what Trisha was saying? They only had a few moments, but they really wanted to make sure that these people knew that they were a family of faith and they wanted to minister to them, right? Galatians 6.2, Paul writes, By helping each other with your troubles, 
you will truly obey the law of Christ. Mm. Right? And what is the law of Christ? Well, when they asked Jesus what the greatest laws were in the Bible, he said two very simple things. Love God, love people. When you help others with your troubles, um, by helping each other when you're going through your troubles, you obey the law of Christ. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, um, and I love this. When they said, I had, we had this opportunity, not this obligation, but opportunity to witness to others about our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there is never a greater opportunity for people to see your faith in action than when that faith is active in a painful time. Um, as pastors, you know, we've been around, we get to be around people who are going through painful times. And it is really beautiful when they stay close to God in that painful time yeah. and they find a sense of peace even in the midst of the pain because it is such a powerful witness to the yeah. presence of God. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, once again, Paul writes about this. Paul had his fair share of difficult times. He writes about this in 2 Corinthians. He writes, God will comfort us in all of our troubles. Why? He goes on to say, so we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. For when God comforts us, it is so that we, in turn, can be an encouragement to others. And then they can patiently endure the same things that we mm. suffered. Right. If you're open to it and allow it and honest with the pain in your life, it can deepen and strengthen not only your relationship with God, but your relationship with other people. The Wilburns have more friends than you can shake a stick at. And you know why that's the case? Because people are inspired by the way they let their faith work in their lives in good and difficult times. You want to be around inspiring people. And that's why a lot of people enjoy being around the Wilburns. So now we've been talking about a lot of serious things here. This idea of dealing with pain is difficult. But it is an opportunity for us as well. Painful times. And this is kind of the last thing that I want to share with you guys today. Um, When we let God work in our lives during painful times, what happens is we can grow deeper. Deeper in our faith. Deeper in our life. Uh, deeper in our relationships, not only with God, but with other people as well. Because here is a truth that I have learned about pain and seen uh, in people's lives. Pain always changes us. And it can be for better or worse. Because I have seen painful situations really damage people. Cause them to pull in on themselves. It can break up marriages. What is it? Um, what percentage of couples that lose a child end up divorced? It's Boy. It's like 70% yeah, or something like that. I know it's well over 50, but yeah, yeah I think 70 rings a bell. Um, and that's, so pain changes you. And if you don't stay open to God and the people around you, you pull in on yourself, you just, you kind of curl up in a ball, uh, you're not any good to anybody, and you're also not open to the things that can bring you comfort and healing. So let the pain change you for the good deepen you, improve you, make you more compassionate. As strange as it may seem, right? Proverbs twenty thirty says it like this. Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change mm. our ways. What do they say? Sometimes, you know, people, especially in addictions and that too, they've got to hit rock bottom rock before bottom. they're ready to right. get better. Yeah, it's so true. Um, 
a little cute phrase that I came across that says, when you are in pain, you can become bitter or you can become better. You mean it's a choice? It, it's, it's a choice to let God work yep. or let, not let God work, right? Um, pain can be a stepping stone to greater maturity or a stumbling block to greater immaturity. And it's mm. not automatic because it requires faith. It requires trusting, continuing to trust in God. Now, getting angry at God, questioning God, those are common things. Yeah. But don't shut God out. Don't shut the people in your life out. That's why those divorces happen with painful situations to children. Because they think they're protecting the other person. Oh, I don't want to share my pain with them. But what they're not doing is they're not sharing themselves. And so this distance grows between the couple. And that's where the divorce often happens. Um, Right, C.S. Lewis says it like this: God whispers to us in our pleasure, but He shouts to us hmm. in our pain. But whispering or shouting won't matter if your ears and heart are not open at all. Yeah. So use the pain to grow deeper in your life. And I'm going to end with another couple of short testimonies here from Trisha Wilborn, um, because I want you to hear how they let the pain draw them deeper into God and continue to trust in God. So. Let's listen. Trisha, you shared a very interesting story about a time that a friend came and visited Mark and asked him a very difficult question. Would you share that with us at this time? Yeah. Um, so somehow, even on day one in, I, in ICU, we realized Mark was also witnessing um, without a voice and without movement and without being conscious. And we were blessed when we were at Craig Hospital in Denver. Uh, one of Mark's neighbors, who was also a spinal cord injury, happened to be a missionary, was injured in Hawaii on his moped. Um, had a much higher level of injury and less mobility, uh, became Mark's friend, and his name was Will. And um, Will has a great sense of humor and just could get conversations out of you in a unique way. And there was one time when I was being the mom and I was with Mark to take care of him, but he was having this outing with Will, and um, the conversation turned into a spiritual conversation started by Will. And Will asked Mark about, you know, Mark, you know, do you ever have those moments where you think, oh, I just don't know God, and and why me? Why me? Why is this happening? And I'll never forget that um, in a whisper, um, because Mark couldn't really talk at the time, he looked at Will and he said, well, Will, when I think why me, I say, let's find out, God. <laughs> and so he never uh, questioned that God did have a plan and that maybe this was going to even be a greater life than we had imagined for Mark um, in the beginning. You know, Scott, I got to know Mark pretty well because her... Mark and Kiri were very good friends. They, they, they dated for quite a while after his accident. Um, and that's something I always noticed about him. I never saw him having the pity party. Now, maybe he did in, in the quiet moments, but Kiri, who knew him better than anybody, really, at that particular time in his life when he was originally going through that, um, said that, or as well as anybody, I guess I should say, said that that's just not something he did. That was really his attitude. Wow. I'm going to make the best of what I have left. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time with what he felt was a useless question, why me? Because yeah. where does that get you? Yeah. It really doesn't lead you to anything positive. So how old was he at the time the accident happened? Eight, 18. 18. Might have been 19. Was, he, not... was he 18 or 19? Because he happened right at the end of his senior year. So, I mean, what kind of maturity is that for a... I mean, most adults never get there. I agree. You know, I'm, but that's kind of the family he's yep. raised in. You know, his yep. dad is a really good guy. He's got an older brother, Cole, who's a really neat person uh, as well. In fact, Cole uh, is uh, just going to be getting married here real soon to his high school sweetheart. It's really cool. But 
that they just that's just not where they go as a family. Family of faith. Family of faith. Yeah. Right. And uh, like a deep faith, because sometimes faith can be very shallow, yep. and very shallow faith will will leave you when difficult times come. But they are a family really grounded in their faith. And then finally, I want to share with you just one final few words that Trisha has for us all today. So let's take a listen. <laughs> I think one thing we've learned through this, and this is obviously um, still very painful for our family even two years later, but there, there's so much hope in the story. And I think but what we've also learned is that pain is pain and grief is grief. And when you can get to the point where you can go through the pain and understand that this is the day the Lord has made and you will find joy in it, um, you're able to become a stronger witness. Um, you're able to grieve with others and you're able to grieve for yourself because I also believe that that, that grieving of, of saying this has happened and this is a sad moment is, is critical, but also finding, knowing that as you're going through the grieving process that there's so much hope and there's so much joy in something that has been a life-changing event. Whatever your life-changing event is, um, I think it's fair to say that we need to grieve and we need to own it and we need to find joy in the day. That's one wise woman. She's a she's a good gal. Um, yeah, I'm glad her and my wife are good friends. Well, I'm just glad we're friends all together because we need to be inspired too. Yep. And so, my friends, I pray that you are not dealing with a painful situation right now. And if you're not, you should be thankful every day because you don't have to live very long to know that sooner or later something painful will happen. And sometimes it's... It's something minor. Uh, it could be a strained relationship. It could be uncertainty at work. It could be a fight with a, a friend or a spouse. Um, or sometimes it's big. It could be a diagnosis that takes your breath away. It can be an injury to a loved one that is devastating. And in all of those situations, God will continue to work for the good for those who love him. In other words, for those who continue to keep their hearts open to him and who have been called according to his purpose. So let God work in your painful times. Don't become so focused on the pain that you forget about all the other blessings that are still in your life. Keep your heart open. Continue to trust God um, so that you can use that pain to draw closer to others and even be helpful to others in the midst of your pain and then let the pain deepen you, strengthen you, grow you deeper in your life, in your faith, in your relationships. Let the pain change you in positive ways, even as you struggle with it. And Pastor Scott, you did a, you did a good thing. You suggested that maybe we should pray for people who might be listening to us that are in a lot of pain. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you know, there might be somebody listening to this uh, podcast episode right now. Now, uh, in May or June of 2021, it might be two years from now or two months from now, and you're going through a difficult time. But uh, I heard a pastor say once that a prayer never dies. And and I like that. Uh, Just because we say it now doesn't mean it doesn't work in the future. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, Pastor Don's going to say a prayer for you based on the message today. So let's pray. Gracious Lord, if there's somebody listening to this right now that is dealing with a great degree of pain, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in a powerful, powerful way in their life right now. Help them to know that you are continuing to work in all things in their lives, 
especially in the painful thing that they're dealing with. Help them to know that you have not abandoned them, you're not punishing them, but you are there for them. And I pray that you will strengthen them. You will put the people in place that they need to hear your voice speak through them, that you will move their hearts to continue to let the pain that they're experiencing move them to such a way that they can be more compassionate to others, maybe even opening them up to be a beautiful witness of your faithfulness in their lives to others. Use this time in their life to deepen them, to strengthen them, to draw them closer to you and to others and help them one step at a time, one day at a time to move through this painful time. And I pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Don, and thanks to each and every one of you who've been listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast from Good Samaritan Church here in Las Vegas. God bless you, God be with you, and uh, tune in to the next podcast. Thanks, everyone.